0: When a child's
1: frustrated, they start to develop that secondary process thinking, saying, oh, it's not going to happen now. It might happen five minutes from now. And like you said, that opens the door to a lot of neurosis because now we think, well, there, something can happen in the future. Right? <laughs> something bad can happen in the future. Oh, my. It's horrible. God, something horrible <laughs> can happen in the future. You know, like a pandemic, killing almost 200,000
0: people. No, 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 no. Not no, a that's fantasy. A, that's not, that's not going to happen. It starts right here. Deep in your heart. Start right here. Oh, that's where it starts. Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger bring over 90 years of clinical experience to this important podcast, and they offer you a guarantee. You will gain something of personal value from each episode. And now, what matters most. It starts right here. Welcome back. Glad everybody is here. I'm Tom Rutledge. I'm here with uh, my good friend and colleague and, uh, you know, partner in crime, Dr. Allen Berger. Hi, Alan. Hey, Tom. Where are we going to start today? Uh, Well, I don't know. Let's be sure it's the most perfect start of all, because I think we we left off with our last conversation. And, you know, it's really just one conversation divided up into little bits. This is what I tell clients. Yeah. Yeah yeah I tell people it's like well, I mean actually I got this from and i'm going I'm going to tell you we're we're we're, we're going to start in just a moment but because I'm such a digressor and a very good digressor I'm going to digress for a moment, and it, it is that that uh my first sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous years ago said this wonderful thing about 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 uh Wait, did you say not only ross dresser or a digressor a di- <laughs> I am a digressor. Oh, not that there's that anything bad. wrong with the other. It's like, <laughs> by the way, it's like I not that. <laughs> I w- I, th- I think now it's be interesting to be a cross-dressing digressor. It's like it's like I just want to put it on a business card. It's like that would be good. It's like, <laughs> but my sponsor in the wisdom. <laughs> now this is where we're going to start. Clearly, we're already started, but the sponsor said. Because I was having some trouble with I was having trouble with my wife. You know, she wasn't listening to me, wasn't understanding everything I needed her to understand, that kind of thing. Uh, And she and he said, you know, and I I think my wife has
1: that same illness.
0: Yeah, I know. It's (laughs) there's a lot of it. It's like, but but uh, it was it really was referring specifically to that feeling we get in those conflict conversations where. I just got to get you to understand this one thing I got to get you to, I said, that desperation of thing. And it's like, it's helped me so much through my life and, and just kind of learning how to put this into practice. But it came from him first. And he didn't way He put it like he put many things as a good old redneck that he was. He said, he said, uh, he said, marriage is just one long ass conversation. He says, you don't have to get it all done now. And it's like, since then I've taken that. I've really applied that to therapy. I, I realized that it's one. It's that's one long ass conversation, and so the idea is, yeah, it's like commas, like you said, no, no periods, just commas and pauses, and they're kind of arbitrary in a lot of ways. And I think that's kind of how our conversations, you and I, have both likened, our, you know, the podcast to each of us being in therapy with one another, anyways. So, it's I mean, in a way, I mean. Therapy is only one thing that's therapeutic. I mean, this is therapeutic to me. I know it's to you. You, you texted me. Um, you texted me a couple of days ago saying you, you know, because we didn't, we didn't record one last Sunday. You said you, know, you missed it, and it you, you know, seemed like something was missing. I, me too. It's like, and it, we we have come to depend on on the routine of this. I think to to uh, do a lot of things, but just to connect and maybe even to unburden ourselves a little bit. But where we're going to start is perfectionism we were, we were we were we've been talking about the the you know fi- being able to figure out who we're not. This is this is my summary to, of our of our podcasts. Uh, who you know you find out who you are by finding out who you're not. We're not those mean guys in our heads that tell us all those horrible things about ourselves. You're not the person, the the director of fiction who who makes up stories and scares you with them. But you know we find that authentic self. We're not our a- alcoholism. We're not our eating disorder. We find that authentic self, and then most recently we've been talking about how do you hold on to that, and basically that that's a daily. Practice. That's, that's the challenge of this whole thing, which brought us very naturally to the idea of one of the ways that we, as human beings, Western humanoids especially, attack ourselves on a, on a daily basis, which is, if oh, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to have this practice of holding on to our authentic selves and being the best version of ourselves that we can be, so we need to do that exactly right, perfectly. And that's when you and I both hit the same, we have the same refrain, which is, which is okay, well, that's a nice expectation, but that's impossible. So let's talk about that. Yes. Yeah,
1: right, right on. Is,
0: is the curse, and I think we can call it a curse. Yeah, you called it a curse last last, uh, yeah. last time we were talking. I loved that. I wrote that down immediately. It, it, perfectionism is a curse. Perfectionism... Um, Perfectionism is, and it's what I tell you what it is. It's the curse of perpetual self-victimization. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, perfectionists will cringe like most of us when if you call them a victim. I I want to define victimization here. It's not. I'm not talking about martyrdom. Oh, poor me. I'm talking about just believing that how I am doing is determined by what happens to me. You know, as opposed to how I respond to what happens to me. And, I mean, so everything we we talk about comes down to that, about learning how to be responsibility, the ability to respond differently. And when the perfectionist – we have a perfectionist message in our head. It is telling us – forget about what it's telling us in this moment. You know, might we have – might we write a perfect paragraph? Might we write something that we say, oh, there's nothing to change? Maybe. Who cares? It's like the, the – Perfectionism calls for us to. It's like the the greatest achievement is the minimal expectation. You can never go down. You can never it, it, your 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 ability, your your competency, anything cannot go up and down, which is the nature of who we are as human beings. Too many variables to count. You have to always be better than you were, and so if you if you did good, then you got to do better. And it's like it is exhausting. And ultimately, it is asking us to be beyond what is humanly possible. So that's perpetual self-victimization.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's a great description of it. You know, one of the things I hear a lot from people when I say, you know, you, you sound like a perfectionist. They say, well, I don't expect myself to do everything perfect. It's right, a, right. such a common response. Yeah. Or, or no. I, I think I said it wrong. They say I don't do everything perfect. Everything perfectly. Yes, yeah. They I yeah. come back and say, but you mm-hmm. expect yourself to. It's not the doing everything perfect that makes someone a perfectionist. It's it's what your relationship to to whatever you're doing and the expectation
0: you put on yourself while you're doing it. Expectation. It's it's exactly. that, you know the whole idea of expect I mean I I have I have been tuned into that word um, more than I ever have in my entire life, since you and I have been doing this work together uh, with our video series. And now with the podcast is, you know, through that emotional sobriety uh, work that you, you do that, you know, that, and I've been sharing that question with clients over and over again, when you're feeling, when you're in distress, ask, not one of my expectations, you, but it, see if I got that, see if I've been paying attention, been a good student. Cause I've been, what I say is here's the question to ask. What expectations do I have that are unrealistic? Yeah. Right. On. Because, because you, you begin with a point of understanding that the re- if I feeling distressed, there isn't, un- there are unrealistic expectations. It's not like I'm going to go in there and say, well, Nope, there are not any. It's like, and yeah. And, and I get the same thing when I say, say something about perfection, they go, Oh no, I'm not perfect. You're like, Believe me, I never thought you were. It's like, never, never occurred to me. It's like, no, no, it's it's that it's that sense of like you know it's it's that it's that bully message inside that basically if you made a B you should have made an A if you made an A you should have made an A plus if you made an A plus should have made it sooner, you know. It's that's right. or, or, that's, that's, it's like there's never you're never ever measuring up to it. If there's no if there's nothing in your system that's I was I was actually writing this in some journals, some some co journaling stuff I'm working on with a client right now uh, earlier today, and and saying you know if there if in your system of 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 assessment of yourself of appraisal, if if there's only negative outcomes, if there's no system in there, no part of the system that is there for just credit where credit is due. Let alone praise or, or or celebration for accomplishment, then your your system is the system of a perfectionist. It's like it is it is it is set up with the understanding that there is no there is no enough. There is no there's you're screwed.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, clinically speaking. No, I. Yes. And otherwise, I mean. <laughs>
1: Look, let's let me let me try to help our listeners understand the genesis, at least as far as m- m- my current understanding of of it is today of this perfectionism. So, I- I'm a big fan of this um, neo-Freudian. Her name was Karen, or her name is Karen Horney. She uh, passed away in the 1960s, but she's one of the to me most unheralded geniuses of psychology um her modifications of psychoanalysis i mean you know she came at it from such a different perspective than freud he was so focused on the libido right and how that shaped our development mm-hmm. and talked about all the different stages we go went through well she said it it isn't that our libido that's the issue. She says it's an interpersonal force. It's wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted and wanting to belong. That's the most powerful forces. So of course it takes a woman to pay attention to the relationship, right? right? right. You know, the guy's interested in sex and here she's coming along and saying, wait a minute, there is yeah, yeah. more than just sex. It's about the relationship and in and, and her, her writings and stuff are brilliant. Um, so her idea, which I've taken and I've, I've adopted a lot of it, modified some of it, is that she says that we start very early on with a concern that we're not going to be loved, we're not going to be accepted, we're not going to belong. So she's anticipating some of the attachment theorists who talk about insecure attachment, mm-hmm. yep. chaotic attachment, those different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But what she says happens is that anxiety is, is has to be addressed, that there has to be some way of us soothing ourselves, meaning finding a solution to that fear that we have is that as we develop, you know, our immediate concern is that we're not going to be loved and accepted and belong to our parents. Mm -hmm. And of course, look, you know, raising, you know, a young, two young children at this age, I just see all of the a lot of times, um, tacit, unintended messages I send to these little creatures in terms of who they should be, and, and try to pay attention to cleaning out that up because I'm so aware of, of, of how deadly that can be. But, but what happens is, she says, so this anxiety, we have it, it's present. She calls it a basic anxiety. She says that anxiety generates this this desire to find some kind of solution. And she calls the solution or the search for the solution, the search for glory. Because what we're trying to come up to is that one position that we can take or have, meaning to find who we should be that will ensure this love and acceptance and belonging. So that we imagine a self and it, it's a fantasy at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to become like this so everybody loves me and accepts me and that I'll belong all the time, all the time. And in our mind, because it, it's now you think about when we're doing this stuff, we're very young, obviously. Right. Right. The world is absolute. Right. For a mm-hmm. child. I mean, there isn't a lot of gray. You're either I'm either
0: happy or I'm sad i mean they're getting what i want oh, because, because they haven't learned how not to be in the moment yet right it's like it's, it's, <laughs> right. no i mean i mean it's, it's i mean yeah they're totally in the moment so if, if we live in the moment we if things are a little bit more black and white because we you know like if we go it's right here moment. to this very moment. moment right now and right. nothing around here all i'm perfectly happy because i'm sitting here talking to you you know right. and, and it's like in the moment you know it's like so that's there's nothing wrong with me now. There's nothing wrong with you now. It's like so five minutes when I'm hungry or when I miss mommy or whatever, I'll cry because right. that's what's true for at that moment. Right? right. So they haven't, they haven't learned how to be neurotic yet. so <laughs> <laughs> cause, 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 And worry about the next moment. They don't even, <laughs> that's there's, right. there's, there's no next don't. Don't worry about it, kid. We're going to get to you. We're going to teach you. It's like I know. I know I'm distracting you from that, but it's like no. I, I that's interesting to me because I, I love I. You know I'm just fascinated. Well, I'm fascinated with all this shit. But it's like I'm fascinated with the with that th- deal where it's like so. One of the reasons you know so so you're talking about the child who's having this fantasy that's a very natural. What what you know what, what what Dr. Hornay is saying is is that that is oh, this yeah, is a Freud, natural thing.
1: Are, one of Freud's he was brilliant. I, I mean, I don't want to take. I don't mean to 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 belittle Freud's contribution by saying he was just focused on sex. Well, he
0: was, but he no that was that was a joke. That was, that was that joke. I, no. I love and I no and I love what you said about the the, the gender difference. It's like. There's all kinds of exceptions to that and the, and the gender difference stuff. Cause I thought about that. I've said that to clients a lot of times. It's like, like the idea is there's a reason that we have these gender differences in our minds. And that's because that there, there's some truth to it across the board. Now, the moment we think that's all there is you know, and they're not exceptions to the rules and they're not lots of reversals and things like that, then we're a mess. But, but, but I think very often I almost feel, I feel apologetic sometimes to couples I work with sometimes because I, I look at the, I look at the guy and I go like, you know, you may feel like I'm piling on here, but, but it's like, I, you know, I, I know this one. And part of part of it is I always tell guys that are in couples therapy with me that they're at a disadvantage because I have this philosophy, this selfish philosophy as, as a couples therapist that, that as somebody who's been in lots of therapy, and gone to couples therapy. And so if I have to, if I have to be a better person, So do you, you know? So it's it's like, it's so it's I've been accused of it being more vengeful than anything else. It's like, but, the idea is, is, is like, I know your stuff better than I know her stuff is, is okay. what, I, what I tell him. And I said, this is important. And, and so I've also loved doing co-therapy with, with, I had a co-therapist for as a woman for a long time. We worked with couples together. It was like, it was so amazing. Yeah. I mean, there were actually times where she and I would just get into an argument and we realized later we're sitting there with the clients and we're having the argument for them, That's Right. you know? But that that actually turned out to be productive too, as long as we understood what was ha- what was happening. But right. but the I, anyway, I go um, um, I cross-dressed. Excuse me. It's like it's it's, <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like, but but not that there's anything wrong with that. It's, that. Um, the, <laughs> but the idea is that that um, that I, you know, the, basically you know guys do have that more, I think, sim- simplistic way of thinking about it. Right. And, and, and it's not just sex, but it's, but it's, you know, cer- certainly the oh, fix it thing, things. all this I other mean, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but not necessarily the relational thing. And, and I love the idea of what you said about Dr. Horne, getting to play where she was the one who introduced, no, this is about, this is about the need to belong. The connection,
1: right? The belonging. I love, it. I love it. But, you know, one of the things that, that Freud did say that I, I think was brilliant is that he talked about the difference between what he called primary process thinking and secondary process thinking. And primary process thinking is the thinking of, 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 a, of an infant. If I think it, it will happen, right? Mm-hmm. There's no idea that, that my thoughts aren't reality, that my thoughts are all there is to reality. So if if I want this, it, it is, that's all there is. Like you were saying, they're so immersed in the moment and in what they're thinking at that time. And, and what Freud said is that when, so, so everything is about right now. I want, want to be satisfied right now. I, I want my needs taken care of right now, all of that stuff. And when a child is frustrated, which both Freud and Dr. Horneik say needs to happen, children need to be frustrated. When a child's frustrated, they start to develop that secondary process thinking, saying, oh, it's not gonna happen now, it might happen five minutes from now. And like you said, that opens the door to a lot of neurosis. I mean, there's no question about it, because now we think, well, there, something can happen in the future. Right? Something bad can happen in the future.
0: Oh, my. Horrible. God. Something horrible can happen in the future.
1: You know, like a pandemic killing almost
0: 200,000 people. No, no, no. Not no, a that's fantasy. A, that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> There's only
1: one of us, right? There's only one person. sick right. and that person is going to get well we'll be all fine. That's I right. I mean, that's that's the, right. our president may have primary process thinking which is
0: not good news. <laughs> no, no, he de- he does, and those people who wrote that book, The Secret, do. But it is, it's, it's, <laughs> and, it's,
1: it's and listen, and so so all I'm saying is is that so so this child is imagining who they can be, and and right. and that starts to form. It's almost like we're drafting a blueprint of this person that we want us to become so we can be okay. And the blueprint is out of necessity perfectionistic because we must be this way to be all right. Whatever that, this way is for you. So whatever, so if, if, you know, she talked about three different directions, and there may be more, but but if we just take these three that she talked about. So one was the appeal of mastery. If I am just the best at everything, everybody's going to love me and I'm going to belong. That's one of the paths that you take. Another path she called the appeal of love. If someone just loves me and just loves me, I'll be okay. So now you can see what the different blueprints would look like. If you follow the appeal of mastery, your blueprint says, I have to do everything perfectly. I've got to do everything perfectly. I've got to be better than everybody else. I've got to master things quickly. I can't take a long time. I've got to get an A in every class that I take. If, I'm, if, if it's focused on athletics, I've got to be the best athlete on the field. If it's academics, I've got to be the smartest in the class. And I've got to show everybody I am because not just enough for yourself. Because once again, this appeal of mastery is to get everybody to like you, to get everybody to love you, and to make you feel like you belong. Okay. So, okay. Can I can I, can I, can I interrupt
0: here and yeah, back course. you up a little bit? Of it's, it's okay. I I had a, some kind of glitch go off for me when when you said okay the uh, the blueprint I got the, so the blueprint has to be there so I'm thinking okay well there's I mean. That's neither bad. What I'm thinking now, I'm thinking outside the what you're saying right now, but the blueprint, a blueprint for what we're what we're going to become, is you know, I mean, that's neither good nor bad. That just is, right. okay. That's that's it's yeah. what we do with it. But you said by necessity it has to be perfectionistic. I don't understand why it has to be. Well, let, let why, me just, by necessity remember this
1: blueprint. Mm-hmm. This blueprint is not to actualize ourselves. You see, if the blueprint is. Become the best version of yourself you can be, then the energy grows to unfolding who you are. This is unfolding a concept of who you should be.
0: Okay. That's in 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 in, in the context of interpersonal.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. That's what you that's what you said at the outset. Which then has, like you said, and we've talked about a lot, the interpersonal also has an intrapersonal component yeah. right because what's mm-hmm. happening in my interior i have to modify to support who i think i need to be out there right so right. there has to be some ability so like you said the blueprint okay. having a blueprint is not you know ipso facto or ipso mm-hmm. facto neuro- neurotic mm-hmm. what makes it neurotic is that i have to be other than I am to be okay. See gotcha. that movement away from ourself mm-hmm. that becomes the real issue. You're right on. If I stay focused on I'm gonna, I'm gonna actualize myself. You know, I'm going to learn how to be okay with just who I am, and I'm not gonna put any expectations, ideas, if we got that message and were encouraged to grow along this line, you and I would be out of
0: business. And we'd well, be for it. yeah, I was going to say, because well, you're, what you're describing is what we do. What we do for a living, which is, which is, we help people who generally just. Dist- are distressed in the interpersonal landscape and we help them see what's what's happening you know what okay let's see what that tells us about what's going on in your intrapersonal world and and in the, in the intrapersonal world in the in, the, in the, all, all the many many people inside our minds um it's not that we we're we, we don't teach people to disregard that the rest what we do is we just say one of my little nutshells says, I respect your opinion. I trust my judgment. It's like, it's like, like we say, no, take, take whatever, you know, I'm going to take whatever Alan says to me in in consideration. But, but just because Alan says, you know, I haven't given the power away, you know, as I have in the past with relationships to where if you said it, it's it's automatically more, more important, more true, more whatever than what I have to say.
1: So if I have the appeal of love, I am going to give myself away and I'm going to take whatever anybody says that I'm supposed to be and try to become that. See, because if, yeah, I, yeah. if I am what you want me to be, then you'll love me. That's what that person thinks. Now you and I both know, there's a lot of problems in that because, you
0: know, I mean, Well, that line keeps moving for one thing. It's like, you know, it's, it's Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam step across that line. It's like, okay, we'll step across this line. And if I remember correctly, Yosemite Sam goes off a cliff. Yes, he does. How's that for losing our young listeners with with that kind of references? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam, which are these also therapists they studied? Yes, yes, That's yes. Right. They, are. These are all, they were they were very <laughs>
1: contributions to our development. So, so she goes on to say, which is. Now, if I'm going to, to get you to love me, she goes, it becomes a self-effacing solution. So what I have to do is I have to erase my needs so I can meet yours.
0: And that becomes an absolute way of being in the world. I'm not going to. Okay. okay. Go back again, just for for clarity for, for me and for maybe somebody else listening. Who's who's like me. It's like, um, say again, how you get to that, that place. Right. So in order to do I that, I got to, I got to erase myself.
1: Anxiety, I'm not going to be loved and accepted and belong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My anxiety gets me thinking about a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what Rollo May said. He says, We've got to think of symptoms not as pathologic, but as a solution to ensuring our existence. So we come up with some idea of how to remain as whole as we possibly can. So if I think not being myself is going to get me there, I'm going to come up with some idea of who I should be that's going to get you to love me, that's going to get you to to accept me, that's going to make me, feel the, you know, create the feeling of belonging. So that's what I'm up to. So if I take that path of what she called the appeal of love, well, if you love me, then I'll, I'll be able to do that. How do I become lovable? What do I have to do? Well, what happens is the person taking this path we call them codependence now is a lot Mm -hmm. of times is Mm -hmm. is it got popularized with that idea. Mm -hmm. But what that person says is I'm going to put all my needs aside and I'll just be here to meet your needs. Right. I will be
0: honey, your genie in the bottle. They change they change their they they, they they I don't know if they change it but they create a, a, a job description for themselves that is doing it for others.
1: Yeah it's not so it's, it's every the, one of these yeah. blueprints has a job description it's a great way to think about it mm-hmm. right? that job description is have no needs and meet all the needs of the other person make their needs more important than your needs don't don't impose any of your wants and desires on them tell them you'll meet all of theirs that's the job description. And it's terrible because what that is says is I can't be myself because if I am, you won't love me. So I have to not be myself in order for you to love me. And that's what all these solutions are based on. They're based on a rejection of self. So how okay. can it work?
0: Okay, I have a question. Can you, you're doing a great job of holding your position while I'm interrupting you with these questions, by the way. It's, Okay, so am I, am I correct in understanding that the reason this gets set up this way is because of when it happens, in, 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 to, according to Dr. Berger and Dr. Horneye here, it's like, like because of, it happens early, so early in development that, that basically, because the early part of the development, the, the, the child is, is need, and provision is all in the adult world. Okay now, what we're gonna to move toward in a healthy world is is where where you actually begin to integrate provision to yourself so that I can get get more needs but the but, but the reason the self gets lost is because at the time that it's developing is is when basically the truth is the the, need, the needs the needs are met by people on the outside
1: that's
0: right
1: we need. We, we are dependent on our environment to a large extent to to meet our needs. I mean we need to take responsibility for it, but you're right. the infant doesn't have that concept that I can in- effect these things without having to be this way it's just a matter of supporting myself, but that's not available to to a child right
0: so that's how I get set up that way and, and, when, and so what happens for our own adult neurosis is the, the it's when the translation doesn't happen, when basically we're not being taught, and I don't mean blackboard kind of, you know, whiteboard kind of teaching, but we're not being taught basically that this changes over time and how we meet our needs, and we're not getting feedback about who we are. We're not getting the feedback well, that says...
1: it doesn't change, and that's a good point, Tom, that you're making, is how do these infantile solutions persist into adulthood? Exactly. Well, that's why we say got a big part of the challenge is growing up, and Mm -hmm. and what does growing up mean? Letting go of your old ideas, right? Until we let go of our old ideas, the result is nil, is what we're told.
0: Well, you're talking, about you're also talking about ideas that that you're talking about programming that happens here, very much, at least partially, if not predominantly, in a preverbal world. That's right. Starts
1: preverbally. I even see in my seven-year-old, I see some of these things already kind of coalescing and coming together and starting to form a personality. And so as that personality forms, that, there's a, there's, that personality becomes fixed. There's not a, a, yeah. a flexibility to it, right? Because I'm trying to ensure, right, that I'm going to be okay. So I can't be loosey-goosey about this. <laughs> I've, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to put my stakes in the ground because this <laughs> is the solution, right? So I'm going to stand for something. Now, there is a third possibility I didn't talk about that she called the appeal of freedom. And that's the person who says, I'm not going to play any of these games. I'm going to resign. I'm not going to participate. It's a very unique solution. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit, and maybe even in the next podcasts we do, but let's just focus on the appeal of love and the appeal of mastery. So with these, with these two paths that this person's really, they're trying to actualize this concept of who they should be. Those efforts become perfectionistic because I've got to pull this off. Absolutely. There's no um, I'm almost a master. I have to be a master. There's no almost lovable. I have to be lovable. The only way I'm going to be okay is if I'm this way In any other way is not okay. And you see this rigidity later on, right? Is what happens if if I'm not the way I think that I'm supposed to be, we start hating ourselves. So right. what happens is, is when we act according to the specifications of of that blueprint our false self we'll call that a false self now okay when i start acting according to the specifications i reward myself we call it false pride i feel mm-hmm. good my god i'm the smartest in this class i'm so much smarter than we feel good about that right we're not thinking about the impact it has on anybody else we're just thinking about my god i'm reaching my goal my goal right. is to be the smartest i'm the smartest bing bing let me I need this, I got this. I got this. right. Mm-hmm. So when I'm not the way I'm supposed to be, now I hate myself. She called it our despised self. So anytime. so let's say I fail. Let's mm-hmm. say I'm not the best in the class. Let's say I even got a C instead of that A that I felt that I should have gotten now. Now understand. When we come up with the false self, we create a whole set of should demands on ourselves. We have all these how I should be. So I should be like this. I should be like that. You talk about the should monster all the time. The shoulds are so anchored in this false self. You can start to tell what your false self looks like by just listening to all your shoulds or listing them. If you're listening to this, sit down and write on the top of a piece of paper, I should. And then the first thing that comes in mind, just keep writing it down. I should be perfect. Mm-hmm. I should whatever comes to mind and just mm-hmm. keep writing and writing it and step back and look at that. That's your false self. I mean, mm-hmm. that is an outline, a sketch of your false
0: self. Right. And Fun. by the way, if you're doing that exercise, because I'm big, big and believing in, in writing and in practice here, it's like if you're doing the exercise, the first few are going to come out quickly. After that, you're going to want to stop. And it's like, don't stop. Just keep going, Keep going. and even even if it seems difficult even if even if you're repeating yourself, keep going the, 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 the longer word. you do that the, 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 the go go beyond that it's like that I call like going down the ladder, you know get down there deeper, and you're going to discover some stuff about yourself that you don't know,
1: yeah, and I thought you were going to say, if you're going to do this exercise, please don't try this while you're driving. <laughs> For sure, pull the car over.
0: Yeah, that's right. Drive. If you're going to be yeah. responsible for you having an accident, I, I will. I will be happy to say this. If you're doing anything that that Alan ever asked you to do, don't drive. It's like yeah. it's just it's just it's just a rule of thumb.
1: <laughs> you can listen to the podcast while you drive, but don't yeah, do like yeah. yeah, Don't yeah, close yeah. your eyes. Don't do action yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your eyes open, keep your hands on the wheel. Keep your eyes straight ahead, please. That's no, it. That's I, it was it. funny in the meeting okay. that I was at the other night. Uh, I think you may have heard the guy at the end of the meeting. He mm. said that we were talking about something, and he had to stop driving because yes. he couldn't yeah. I
0: mean it that Oh, it was perfect. I love the fact that he, yeah, yeah. First of all, I love the fact that he did that, but I also identified with the idea that, that, that something had struck him as so, so familiar. And so it just resonated with him so much that he pulled over. Uh, and, and uh, I thought, I mean, talk about, talk about uh, understanding that, you, you know, we really aren't that good of, of multitaskers. It's like, you know, even mentally, it's like, I need to stop Cause I'm, cause my mind is in a different place right now. And it's like, yeah, no, I loved, I loved that. It's like, that was, yeah, that was a thirsty meeting. Yeah. It's okay. You're also talking about, okay, this is where the, the other word I wrote down just now is that you're saying this also introduces the, the deal that is very, very near and dear to my heart, kind of, I mean, meaning I I really love exploring it and, and, It's very powerful, and that's polarization. Yes. So polarization grows from this point. That's right.
1: Polarization (laughs) grows from this point. Like you said, we start to construct now all these different self parts, some of which are okay if they fit with the blueprint. And what do we do with the ones that don't fit with the blueprint?
0: We 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 think they're not supposed to be there. We can't get rid of anything. Right, we so, we, rid so, so we so we so we, we, we what we do is we, we condemn part. them. We can yeah, them, we we we, we condemn them. We don't want anybody to see them. Condemn, condemn them, God. we hide them, we insult them. Yes, absolutely.
1: Got it. We just do this whole number on ourselves in the parts that are okay, they're gonna be fed, they're gonna be developed, they're gonna be brought into the bright sunshine. The other ones we're gonna stick in a closet. We're gonna lock mm-hmm. them in a safe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're gonna try to get rid of them, like you said. Well, you know, best way to get rid of them,
0: but they won't. They won't. They They, they don't
1: go. We'll project them on everybody else. I don't have this, but you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that's one way we get rid of this stuff. Is this projection dynamic? This Mm -hmm. mechanism that we have is is powerful, and that's one. That's why we say if, if there's somebody in that you run into that you really don't like, and you start describing who they are. Guess what? You're probably seeing a part of you that you've rejected. You spot it, you got it. You that's right. Absolutely. that's how all this this stuff ties yeah. together. But but you know, back to this thing that, that you were saying again, the polarization is so great because it makes certain things okay, certain things not okay. It means that if I'm I'm functioning this way, I'm fine, if I'm not functioning this way, I'm not fine. And it really creates such a the way I was thinking about it earlier, we constrict the amount of area that we get to operate from in our life, that we shrink our existence down to just this, 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 these, to the boundaries that are set by this false self. That's where we have to live. It's like, it's like buying a 10 acre ranch and building your house on a quarter of that acre and not being allowed to go out to any other part of that ranch and enjoy that you know what,
0: are- what i want what i want to do what i want to do here is i want to because because we're on podcasts people hearing us on audio and and uh, they don't have the advantage uh, right now is what i have is just be able to look at you and and when i'm watching i'm watching you on the screen and and i wish and i want to describe as best i can the facial expression because i love facial expressions uh so happy for zoom with with clients and stuff with the with the COVID crisis it's like the facial expression you make when you describe that restriction, that, that limited amount of time, is your you, your your nose crinkles, your brow yeah. comes down. I mean, it is it's it's like something smells bad. Yeah. It's like I mean, it's it's like your fa- your energy, you've you got you got you 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 you, pull, you literally pulled in yeah. and just made this crunched up kind of face, and right. it's like and, and it's like so the idea is that's the feeling, and that's I right. saw I both heard it, felt it, saw it. It's, and and it's like and I want and, and just as a, just as a sort of a aside, one of the things I you know hope that uh, we, we we can do with our conversations with with uh, start right here is the idea is help people learn to pay more attention to their, their whole self that way. Right. It's like so. This is like I said. This is a bit of a, a, a side, but but the idea is I, what I teach clients to do is like pay attention. When you have that feeling, what are you, what is your body doing? What is your face doing? What are you doing? Because it's like, we see it in each other, but we, but we're not, we're not, we're not tuned into finding it in ourselves. But I mean, because to, to, to go back to what you were saying, it's like, when you talk about being that constraint, constrained is, uh, is, is, I mean, basically you're just, you're a part of, of who you, you're just a part of yourself. That's right. And it, and it's not even the it, it's not even what later you're going to consider your best parts. That's right. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the the parts and it's not that they're bad, it's just that they're basically and it's also the reason you're gonna be exhausted. That's if people right. if you feel if people if 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 you you know Forget and don't and, and please do what I learned to do when I was in school. Don't pay attention. Uh, I, I did really good with that. Don't pay. Don't worry. Don't feel like you have to integrate all these details because because Alan is brilliant. He's smart. I I, I learned something every time I, I listen to him. Tune into this, but understand what, what I what I want you guys to be able to do is take something away from this in the sense that basically if, if this stuff is resonating with you, if you're if you're feeling like pulling the car over, if you're feeling feeling like that, it's like like no know, know that, that what we're talking about here is there is a point of origin in you for whatever it is you're feeling. Because one of the one of the criticisms, one of the condemnations that will come from our should monsters is that we're freaks of nature. There's just something wrong with you. You know, it's like, no, what I want people to know is whether or not, whether I understand what exactly it is or not. Whatever it is I'm experiencing right now, if it's the distressing experience, there is a point of origin for it. You know, it's like rather than, oh, I have no reason to feel that way is what, what people, you'll hear yourself saying. Okay. It's like, I promise you, we're not, we're not making you a victim. We're gonna, this is about being empowered. But it's like you have to start from understanding, you know, at some point, you were a victim. It's Bob Subby, uh, Robert Subby, who wrote Lost in the Shuffle, beautiful book, wonderful book. He said, as children were victims, as adults were volunteers. And, And I love that idea that what we do is we learn how to continue to hurt ourselves in the way or neglect ourselves in the way that we were hurt or neglected. And that doesn't mean that every parent is hurting and neglecting on purpose, by the way. It just no, means
1: unintentional. A lot of this stuff
0: imp- imperfection. That's right. Radical imperfection.
1: So look, let's call this part one, Tom, let's, let's go ahead and sign off. And then let's right. do a part two on this because it's such an involved discussion. It's, right now we're just laying the foundation to talk about perfectionism and what it means. And so let's call this part one, Tom, how did they learn more about your work? They can
0: psychically tune into me. Well, that's the best uh, and I will I will
1: telepathically send and what information. What channel should they go into?
0: <laughs> <laughs> my website is tomrutledge Book books are there. Free freebies on my free download stuff. Uh, just lots, lots, of, lots of fun good stuff there. So uh, and, and, you can, and you can you can you can register uh, to, to get my emails and um, and just if you have any questions, you can also just send me a question from there. If, if we love to hear from you guys, who are listening.
1: That's right. You, you can learn about me at www.abphd.com. I, too, have a lot of open-source material on that uh, website. Tom and I have also done 12 videos on Vimeo that you can access. We've put my name or Tom's name on Vimeo, and you can pull those up. And um, please, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do. And if you like what you hear, you tell other people about it. If you don't, don't mention a word about it. Please keep it quiet. Don't pretend you've never been here. You don't know That's my good. name. You don't, <laughs> don't say anything about us. We, right. not, we don't exist. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe bad publicity
0: is good. We can well, do it. I listen. to hey, you got to listen to that, don't they? But, yeah, you got to li- Yeah, I don't care. It's like I, you got yeah, to listen to these assholes. Okay. It <laughs> <laughs> started.
1: Bad publicity got you to lose your job. So, I mean, that's changed. It's the yeah, yeah. guard. All right. Well, we'll mm-hmm. see you for part two next
0: next All right. podcast. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. It's a spiral, not a circle. Goes round, round, round Look for solutions Be your own friend Never see never In either direction Look in the mirror Trust the reflection Right in Deep in your heart Start right here That's where it starts